My name is Justin Gage, and you're tuned in to the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions Podcast with your host, Jason Woodbury. Welcome back to another episode of Transmissions. It's so great to have you here. My guest this week on the show is composer, guitarist, and songwriter Sarah Louise. She's been on Transmissions before, back in the pre-weekly days. You can check that episode out in the archives. But she joined me this week to discuss her new album, Earthbow. Uh, Reviewing it for Aquarium Drunkard, Josh Moss wrote... That though Louise is an incredibly gifted guitar player, Earthbow decenters the guitar, rendering it an integral part of a lush musical environment as detailed and sensory as a blooming force looks from within. I think that's a nice way to think about what Sarah accomplishes on Earthbow. She really does evoke the interconnectedness of nature. And we got into that in this conversation, really dwelling on the relationship between creativity and spirituality and we had a lot of fun together i think you'll notice that uh through the abundant laughter that you'll hear on this episode so let's head into my conversation with sarah louise but first a reminder that we are supported by our patreon pledgers so head over and check out aquarium drunkard on patreon we drop new episodes every wednesday available wherever you get podcasts. And we've always got the episode available for download, along with show notes and a transcript over at Aquarium Drunkard. So check it out. I'll speak with you a little bit more. On the other side, here's my conversation with Sarah Louise. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us on Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions. It's a real pleasure to have you uh, with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. I'm so glad to be here. Well, so we uh, went back and forth on how and when we were going to do this, but uh, we settled on uh, it's it's kind of mid-morning your time and, and a little early morning my time. So I wondered if to start off... Um, you could tell me what your morning routine looks like on a on a on a, on a typical day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, I have not had a typical day in a very long time. Um, I've actually been camping. Uh, I'm I'm at a friend's house right now for the weekend, but I've been camping for like weeks now. Wow! <laughs> and so my morning routine has been brushing my teeth in the creek and. Uh, you know, swimming with my dog and, uh, you know, trying to stay off the internet as much as possible, um, which uh, has only been allowed by just living a fairly nomadic, unsettled uh, life for the mm. past year. Um, I'm just, I haven't really had um, a place of my own 
uh, I've been house sitting and staying with uh, loved ones and and kind of bouncing around. And now that things are opening up, it's just yeah. There's no there's no new normal for me yet. Um, so yeah, this has been like the year of upending routines. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, what what so where have you been? Have you been camping? near where where have you been basically over over the last year have you have you moved around quite a bit yeah um it's all been in the southeast but yeah i've been camping in north carolina like very close to where i've been for a long time and um yeah which is definitely like my spiritual home (laughs) um yeah yeah but i'm yeah i'm just like in a zone of being a, a little bit nomadic after being like in one fairly isolated spot for close to a decade. I think in the past when we've talked, you've, you've told me a little bit about the place, but was the, was the year like, uh, did the year present the opportunity for you to kind of embrace a more nomadic situation or, uh, what, what sort of, uh, inspired that for you? Uh, losing my housing and job. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been far out. It's been a far out year. Do you? Um, I know when I camp, there's a few things from the normal world that I I can't let go of. Uh, so I always have to have coffee. Do you do you do coffee every morning or or? I don't actually. Um, I'm so sensitive to caffeine, and I've never been able to get over that hurdle of like I feel like so jittery for two weeks. Um, but I love uh, coffee ice cream is my favorite. Oh, there you go. So I, I love I love the okay. taste. Okay, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, so uh, <laughs> you know this new record, and I meant to ask before we started recording, but it's too late. So I'll do it on mic. Uh, do you pronounce it Earth Bow or Earth Bow? I I pronounce it Earth Bow because it is you know my bow to Earth, um, but I'm I'm you know not into determinism. <laughs> so if people want to call it Bow, that's okay well, too. I think I think they're both cool. <laughs> well, it's it's such an incredible record and it's such an interesting record. I have been a fan of your work for a long time, and there have certainly been these moves towards uh, more electronic and a little bit more abstract expressions and on this album it just feels like i can't come up with another word other than it sort of feels like it bloomed like there's this there's this thing happening on this album that it's so joyful and it's so exciting and it's so celebratory um really I I feel like there's a magic to the record, and I wonder if if the word magic sits comfortably for you. Oh yeah, magic is real, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> is 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 your relationship with the land and with the earth your primary sort of avenue for exploring the kind of maybe magic that we're that we're talking about? Yeah. Um, I mean, my relationship with the earth goes back from you know my my little childhood and I always had this sense that there was something that was not um evident from our from our phenomenal world that there is more to it and um 
yeah, just having experiences in nature. Um, you know, basically, like, there's so many energies coming at us continually that are very strong and forceful um, that keep us separate from the earth. Um, you know, a smartphone, for example, that's a very strong energy. Social media, it takes over your brain. And when those strong energies are coming at you, the subtle energies of the earth and our bodies are, they just completely get lost. And so we've, we've been told this lie that, um, that magic doesn't exist and that um, the spirit world doesn't exist, that the earth isn't conscious. Those are all lies that um, are perpetuated by capitalism and um and yeah it's like the survival mechanism it both allows it to exist and it's a it's a natural result of it and um so yeah i mean nature is amazing and so really i'm in a place of being in collaboration with those energies and just practicing every single day reorienting myself to those energies so that i can be in deeper relationship mm. there's so many directions that we could take things from here <laughs> but i think i'll i'll start off by asking you mentioned that part of what you're up to is staying as far away from social media as possible <laughs> when it comes time to promote a record and talk about a record and do interviews about a record, um, it requires engaging with that, that side of things. Having removed yourself a little bit more from it, how did it feel or how does it feel now when you're sort of engaging with, let's say something as benign as, well, it's not always benign, you know, Twitter or whatever. How does it feel to sort of reenter that and, uh, have to use it as a tool for explaining to people what this work is, which is obviously rooted in things that are more, you know, tied to those subtle energies that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, album release week. I mean, I, I was literally like sending these posts from my tent. <laughs> um, and so, you know, for I, I think I just wanted to put myself in a situation where I was just like, surrounded by the loving presence of the earth and and have that be as strong of an energy as possible as an antidote to to it but i i yeah. love people too i love connecting with people i especially love this you know i love talking um social media i think i've had to realize it's not a good platform of engagement and so i'm actually you know, for a couple of years now, I've tried to have the courage to just like get completely off of it. And I'm starting to lay some groundwork of wanting to build something that can be a better way of engaging um, with people and building community. Um, because I think it's so essential for us to support one another and have conversations through this shift that the world is going through right now. Um, because again, these systems, these toxic systems that are embedded in our lives that we're surrounded by are very, again, strong energies and social mm -hmm. media. So often it's what people turn to when they're uncomfortable. It's what people turn to when they're bored. And I speak from experience. And so I've had to try to 
bring awareness to, okay, am I, is, am I, did something happen that's upsetting and where am I orienting that energy? Is it social media or is it to my body and to the earth or something more nourishing? So I think we just have to sure. sort of realize like what is social media, what is it and what is it good for and what is it not? And I think it tries to present itself as everything, but it's, yeah, it's not. Well, it's a very limited way to have conversations and and it doesn't re- typically social media doesn't reward nuance or deep <laughs> reads or 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 make a lot of space for uh learning sometimes you yeah. know it's 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 a weird thing we're in but nonetheless i'm glad that you were able to kind of announce this to the world there's this is the first record. Well, I think you've you've put some other stuff out on your own, but but this was was this your first full length that you released uh, independently? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not since I popped up Field Guide on Bandcamp for free like six years ago. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, after a, a string of of great releases on labels like Thrill Jockey, you know, what inspired the decision to go purely? independent it sounds like that's almost like a theme of your of your last year it's just you striking out on your own you're like i'm gonna go camp i'm gonna put this record out what inspired that shift uh or what necessitated that shift yeah i think it is very in alignment with where i'm at of just wanting to move at my own pace which is very slow i'm very detail oriented and um yeah, like like to have a lot of spaciousness to reflect on things. Um, I love Thrill Jockey. They are a fantastic label. I love everyone who works there. They've been really fair to me. Um, you know, I may work with them again. I don't know. Um, so it's it's nothing personal as far as that goes. It's really just where I'm at of wanting, yeah, wanting to do things myself and and. Um, and I think in some ways, I knew that I was interested in exploring music in a non-commercial context, which obviously this is not completely, but like I was able to have complete control over what went up on streaming sites and what didn't. And I'm doing a film collaboration and you know, just not having to ask anyone about how I use it just, I just had this intuition that that was going to be important. And that's still unfolding. I don't totally um, know the boundaries of that yet. But, but yeah, I'm music, recorded music is so young, actually. And the vinyl format is, um, gosh, was it like, the 20s or 30s definitely the 30s I'm like when when did wax cylinders end you know but um but yeah yeah. it's like it's a technology that is a great technology but there's a lot of new technologies and also a lot of ancient technologies that relate to music and so that's really I feel like what I'm moving into of wanting to explore like what can music be outside of um these formats that were sort of expected to exist within yeah that's really that's really interesting i think about how you absolutely sort of drew certain lines in the sand with the release of this because on Bandcamp and and the actual physical version of the record everything is sequenced and presented in a way where it's all 
it's a two part suite basically side a side b with all the songs flowing into each other and sort of existing in a in a tied format and then on on streaming services you've got single versions of some of the songs and it feels to me like there's a big uh emphasis on rewarding the person who's going <laughs> to engage with this sort of the way you intended it um and and i think that that's so beautiful i love the way it flows together and i love the way that it feels like it's it's tied and of a piece with itself you know when in when we've talked in the past we've talked a little bit about traditions and um you know the solo guitar tradition and folk and and blues and 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 that being a big sort of part of your work but yeah this jets off into sort of whole other new territories <laughs> and it's and it's very it's very it feels like an extension of dj sets you know for you the way everything sequences and flows together um and also there's just like I want to I want to ask a little bit about that celebratory quality because it does feel to me like there's something celebratory uh, to this record about being in your body and being in the world and uh, and in a year where it has not been always so easy to find joy it feels to me like this record is a little bit of a document of a kind of very sustaining joy uh, and and I wonder if the record was mostly done before the pandemic started, correct? Mm, some of it was. A lot of the songs were um, done. And by the way, there's five extra songs that I'm just waiting to, you know, get mixed and mastered one day. Um, I had to cut a lot of material for this. But the shaping and the weaving of it um, and, and some of the lyrics and, you know, a, a lot of it did happen after the pandemic started, but there was like a okay. really uh, good foundation to it. So it's, it's the, you know, linear time is not real. So <laughs> I don't know exactly, um, you know, yeah, where everything landed, but it was both. Yeah. I love how you just like casually toss out like linear time is not <laughs> real. So uh, in terms of my record. <laughs> Um, no, but there's something, there's something very, you, you wrote, there's a quote, you said, sometimes I can feel the energy of a song living inside me and words come out. Uh, and that's something that you, you sort of credit to your meditation practice. So I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about the intention behind this record. Was there sort of a, a set of things that you wanted this record to sort of put out energy wise, uh, or is or was it more of a process of like you figuring out what that was as you were making it? Yeah, well, I think music as it spontaneously arises is necessarily a, a document of where we're at and what we're embodying and what matters um, when it's done in that way. When it's when it's done, uh, you know, like I'm not sitting down and being like, okay, here's the one, here's the four, here's the five, which is cool too. I mean, I I love a lot of artists who. Uh, you know, might write songs in that way, but I, I'm, my practice is channeling, um, and when, when that is the practice, there's no sort of hiding what, uh, what is present, and what is present mm -hmm. for me is I love nature, I love the earth, it is my religion. Um, it is 
it has healed me immensely. And I think that's that's one way I've started to think about my discography is I've been healing a lot over these years through each release. And, um, and so I think with this record, I feel so well and whole and healed and, um, you know, just nourished so much by my relationship with the earth that I feel stable and secure enough to not need to express anything else. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. We, you have already alluded to the fact that magic is real <laughs> and there's a very, there's a spiritual component to what you do. Would it be too weird to, to talk about what maybe your religious, like uh, the cliff notes of your religious journey through life would be like? Did you, were, you, were, were you raised in any particular tradition by, by your family? Uh, I was raised, um, my, my, it's, yeah, it's really interesting because um, my dad studied religion but I think has this like sort of resistance to it. So like, uh, I, I, uh, I, I went to church camp once as a kid just because my friend went, like my parents didn't like, you know, force me or need me to go, but I was like, oh, my friend's gonna be there and there's horses, <laughs> you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and, um, and I came back, it's really funny because you know, they were like, they wouldn't like make you memorize Bible verses before you could eat breakfast, which looking back on it, it's like, oh my God, like, it's so messed up. Um, but I, but it was out in nature and I really connected with nature. And I, I just remember um, having these experiences with nature, basically camping and just landing with the idea of like, oh, there's more, there's more to it. And, and I came back like after a church camp, um, like spouting things like God is real, you know, and, and, and I, I have this memory. I don't know exactly how, how it went down, but like my memory is that my dad sat me down and, and was like, oh, Sarah, you know, you know, God's not real or, <laughs> or like, you know, just like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, wow. But my, my mom is also, uh, you know, kind of a mystical person in some ways and, you know, would do the I Ching growing up and, stuff like that so mm. um so yeah uh I'm being, I'm being so detailed and rambly i like told you all about my random church camp experience but no i i love it <laughs> that's great that's great and then um buddhism has been like a touchstone for me um like starting in 10th grade but i i wasn't able to meditate i, I like my brain couldn't do it and so i had to have some experiences that that fostered that and uh, and, and allowed that to happen for me um did did music and meditation always coincide or, or overlap for you pretty much? I think music is used to be the only space where I could meditate, you know, and it was mm. through the music. Sure. Like it was the only thing that would sort of calm my mind or still my mind. So I think, um, you know, those early records, I did not have a meditation practice. And mm -hmm. so it was just by the playing that that locked me in to allow, you know, myself to be very present. Um, and yeah, as start, starting with Nighttime Birds and Morning Stars, 
um, the experience that that um, resulted from also um, was the beginning of my meditation practice. And so, yeah, and this past year has been, I've had a lot of time to, to practice, and that's really what I've, sure. what I've used it for, so. You mentioned that you feel like you're channeling, and I, I always, I'm always so fascinated by that approach and by that sort of belief because I feel like there is a certain, maybe it's not for everybody, but certainly music can be a mystical um, and a magical practice. You are conjuring things out of the unknown, even if the unknown is only your subconscious sure. or or only a, a part of you that you don't necessarily know uh, what it looks like in that corner of your mind or whatever. <laughs> and, and stuff kind of pours forth from that. I wonder if as a channeler, you feel comfortable expressing any, any um, notions of where the music comes from f for you. I think it's about relationships. I think it's about relationality. I think it's about mm -hmm. connecting with things both internal and outside, but I, I cultivate relationships with my ancestors. I cultivate relationships with plants. I cultivate relationships with the earth and unseen beings who wish me well. And, um, and so I think it comes from a web of relationality, um, mm. of, of being connected and nurturing those relationships. Um, yeah. It's reciprocal. That's, I mean, does that tie to the, the way the album is presented where these songs are all presented in relation to each other? And even the, the, the elements musically are sort of all counterpoints and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to present an interdependent um, ecosystem, a web. Hmm. Yeah. 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 There's. This this record it features like field recordings and there's electronic layers and and really great rhythms and and you've got people who worked with you on it I think uh, Cooper Crane from Bitchin Bajas is on is on it uh, uh, is it Go Kurosawa mm -hmm. uh, Tom Wen uh -huh. I think I yeah. have yeah given that this music comes from such a spiritual place for you uh, I wonder do you what kind of conversations do you have with your collaborators about where this stuff comes from or do you not need to do that necessarily no um yeah I didn't didn't need to I mean I think the beautiful thing about music is that it speaks for itself and I you know I wouldn't ask anyone to be a part of something I make if I didn't trust their ability to pick up on on that so yeah right right this is obviously it's a solo album you know but uh but it does feel like it's deeply collaborative <laughs> in 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 the presentation I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the influence of you know you were recently featured in a new york times article where they were talking about the the expansion of the sort of post john fahey post whatever <laughs> that kind of more narrow world is you and people like uh past guests uh Mar marisa anderson and and yasmin williams people whose work I, I really really love um 
but I'm interested in the way you have really departed from a lot of those sort of traditional things and, and, and gone in various directions. But listening to this one, I definitely hear a strong affinity for R and B music <laughs> and, and, and for, for almost like, like, like I'm thinking like nineties. <laughs> oh like, so when I, yeah. sometimes when I, when I, yeah, when, whenever I get, okay. You got me. You you got me pegged. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I can't so believe this it. is this is that's, that's really funny because like I never know if anyone's gonna hear that, but like I'm obsessed with '90s R&B. <laughs> well, w- whenever I get whenever I get bored, uh, um, I don't know what's the expression. If you're bored, then you're boring. So I try not to get bored, but when I but but when I do, sometimes I'll turn on. Uh, we have a channel on our TV. It's MTV Classic. And at night, a lot of times they'll just show, it's called like 90s Block or Whoa. something. And <laughs> and the other night I watched it for, you know, like I'll watch it for like 20 minutes and just like, it's like my my childhood memories on shuffle. <laughs> but there was, but I was getting ready for this interview and listening to the record a lot. And uh, and a, they, they did a, they showed a TLC video and I was like, <laughs> whoa there's some there's some interesting commonality in 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 the melodies so you know was that was were those some of the first songs that you connected to like radio radio jams yeah totally i grew up in atlanta um as a kid and yeah i mean boys to men tlc d'angelo Aaliyah. uh i mean yeah totally like i i i listened to that so much growing up and it's just I mean, I to me, the most interesting music being made right now is in rap and R and B. That's that's yeah. where the boundaries are being pushed. That's where the innovation is. That is where the like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, to me, that's that's where it's at. Yeah, that's there's that. I'm trying. I'm trying to pinpoint one of the things because it's not just the melodies. There's also there's a sort of um when i listen to this record and and i I think about it in context of those kinds of music i think about the way there just feels to be such a uh an emphasis on almost almost like 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 the sensuality of existence almost like just like maybe sensuality is the wrong the wrong word but i just hear this like um it feels very full and it feels very like lively and it feels very that thing of i i read a review that referred to like earth wakes up as like a like a love song (laughs) you know and 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 i love that and and it it made me think like is sarah making like slow jams for the, the 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 planet and and to me that just to me that just seems so interesting and coming from coming from the sort of uh let's let's call it like cosmic guitar or or maybe we could call it uh new american weirdness or new old american weirdness or whatever. coming from that world w- was there any hesitancy in the past of like i don't necessarily know if i want to embrace my motown philly roots when i'm presenting myself as you know a 12 string guitarist and 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 I wonder if for you a, a big part of the appeal of of kind of striking out on your own is being able to shake loose the 
detritus of what you know you're allowed to do or not allowed to do as a musician mm, I don't I don't think so in that case I think um I think I would have felt free to do whatever I wanted in any case like I can't like if you're yeah, like if if you're making something creative, like do what you want, you know, don't try to be anything yeah. other than like what you are and who you are. Um, I think the sensuality really was a result of my healing. Like I think so many mm. people, I think it's not uncommon for people to be very disembodied. Um, whether it's from trauma or whether it's from just being desensitized by being plugged into screens all the time. So I think um, I was yeah in a position of of being disconnected from my body and as i've healed um i am so in touch with my body like i'm dancing i'm moving i'm you know running i'm i just have a completely new relationship with that and so i think that uh anything that you're picking up in that regard is just it's who i am now it's how i am it's it's just uh comes out naturally um which yeah, I'm so so thankful. It's it's amazing to to be embodied. I'd like to ask you a little bit more about dancing because dancing's a big a big part of like certainly your social media presence or Instagram presence. There were all these as the pandemic set in and it became more and more apparent that if we were going to see live music, we were going to need to watch it on our phones or our laptops or whatever. Um and nothing comes really close to capturing the feeling of being in a room with people with music playing. But nonetheless, your presentation did feel very um, exciting and again, joyful in a time when there wasn't time to find much joy. What has your relationship with dancing looked like? Have, have you ever been like a, a club attendee? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that something or, or yeah? Tell me about your your your, your dancing life. <laughs> well, um, I was I'm a failed ballerina. Um, <laughs> that's that's where it all began. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have done a little bit of I guess what you might call clubbing. Um, and I I'm just so interested in that experience because it's this liminal space. It's this ecstatic space where boundaries dissolve it's very ritualistic um you know i would say a club is one of the few places where you can have this communitas is is like this um you know probably not the best word it's like some anthropological word coined by some old white guy you know but like yeah this this ecstatic um experience and and so yeah that was definitely an influence in the record like getting more into techno and house music and um yeah it's all about the body and and the body is this vehicle of communication the body is where we get in touch with our intuition it's where we locate ourselves in like this deep rooted knowing and uh, and that rooted knowing is an antidote to these systems mm-hmm. which impinge on 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 the whole planet yeah i think that we we touched on this maybe a little bit before we started the interview proper but that that the last year has served as this huge 
disruption of everybody's routine and everybody's sort of uh, set understanding of what the world is. And, and, and obviously it's come with immense tragedy and, and, and really, really, ter- I mean, last year was a terrible year. There's no <laughs> yeah. way around it, you know. Um, but I do think that people are in a position of, of, of finding themselves open to the notion that maybe this isn't the only way that things could be. Absolutely. As an artist, how much does it feel like when you put a record like this out, you're, you're almost presenting your vision of what things could be more like? I mean, I, I guess that's a little vague the way I phrased that, but hopefully the, the idea comes through a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I think, again, like, I'm... It's not my job to convince anybody how they should be or how the world should be. Um, I'm just making what's on my heart. And I think mm-hmm. and I think when that happens, there can be this... Um, yeah, I mean, again, music is is so amazing because... It's beyond words. It's this very direct form of communication that speaks to the whole wholeness of the mind and the body and the spirit. And so, yeah, I deeply want the world to be different. I'm deeply invested in the emergence and the nourishing of new ways of being in the place of these systems which extract power by severing our connection with each other and with the sacred with our sacred planet and so i think um yeah i i hope that i hope that my music can connect people with the earth um but i'm really just sort of making what's on my heart i you you kind of alluded earlier to trying to figure out ways to maybe utilize the systems of like the internet and and the way we connect to sort of have like maybe a side like a tributary that's off to the side that's not necessarily tied into to twitter and 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 facebook or instagram or things like that but how much i i also read in at least one piece where where you express the uh uh the, the idea that you'd like to maybe start offering meditations and, and, and things like that. Is that sort of what you're talking about when you, when you talk about having a way where you, you can utilize the technology <laughs> to connect with people on a deeper level without some of the distract, distractive or, or even destructive qualities inherent in some of the, the existing spaces? Yeah, so um, one thing that I'm working on is this space that is not on social media, that's a virtual room um, that can be evolving and and changing um, where I want to gather people. So I I, I want to gather people together. Um, And yeah, in that space, I'd like to do meditations. Also, I'm really interested in group singing like groups, group mm. singing is so ancient and so healing. Um, and I, I want to create a, a safer space where people who maybe don't identify as singers to be able to come and 
and feel the the power of voice coming out of their bodies and um yeah, and, yeah. and I, I i fully expect to do this in person um and i'm also uh intrigued by the possibilities of you know what's great about the internet is that it can aggregate like-minded people who don't have to yeah. live close together. So I'm I'm working on a lot of things. I feel like my practice is shifting a lot towards facilitation. I'm just wanting to help hold space, not as a leader, but as just um, someone as part of a community. Um, sure. And that will not be happening on social media. It will be happening in my own um, digital space. Yeah, that's 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 fascinating and and really exciting to hear because it's clear that there are really deep ideas and and deep pathways of thought at work in this music and it you know I think about uh, one of the things that I liked most about sort of organized religion was being in a room with people singing and and everybody's voices gathering together and I even remember having this sort of one experience as a kid where I was just, we were singing a hymn in church growing up and I was listening for the different voices mm. like around the room, you know, oh, like yeah. not looking and just sort of being like, I can hear so-and-so, I can hear my uncle, I can hear, like I hear like these voices. And, um, and I remember being like young, so slightly, like goofy and dazed probably <laughs> and at some point you know probably stopped paying attention but noticing yeah that like the imperfections in people's voices mm. were what made them sound so cool yeah. and what's made and so what made like layering the imperfections of voices together is is it's such a it, it there's nothing so human you know um but it almost sounds like what you're talking about is is Uh, that that when people are gathered in community like something else happens that's om that's not just about me and you in a room mm. it's about both of us joined in something yeah. and yeah and i think that's what we I, that's certainly what i miss about live music so as somebody who has spent a lot of their time playing live music has it been a weird year not having that on stage or or, or maybe not necessarily a stage, but just being in a room with people and playing music. Have you missed that a oh, lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I miss it so much. Um, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I, I think this was like before we started recording this year, I've mostly just been singing songs into the air um, and yeah. letting them disappear. And, and it's because my you know, my audience, <laughs> you know, what I'm singing for is my surroundings. Um, there's no yeah. people to sing to. And so, yeah, it's been a weird year. Um, I've just, again, with that disruption, being able to reflect on, okay, what are, what are we doing here? Why are we doing it? Oh, but yeah, I miss it so much. I mean, humans are meant to gather together and sing together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, we probably don't even have any idea how, this last year has affected mm. us in that you know like and and won't for who knows how yeah. long you know oh, it'll be something yeah. we're all something we're all unpacking <laughs> but I, but but i wonder if if you know when when live shows do resume and when you are able to do that safely and hopefully i mean hopefully soon you know like <laughs> people are 
vac- getting vaccinated and there's, you know, there's spaces where certain things are probably okay. Certainly outside shows, which I can imagine, you know, you'd feel comfortable doing <laughs> outside shows. Um, do you think that going back into that level of performance, what do you think you know now after a year of sort of taking it, um, taking it off, being forced to take it off uh, from live performance? What do you think you'll bring into live performances in, in the future if that's not too daunting a, a question or too weird a no, notion? No, I mean, I, I think this whole singing songs into the air uh, has been deeply nourishing to my creative mm. practice. And I think that's, that's what I want to bring to shows. I want to bring spontaneity. I want to bring risk. I want to bring realness of like what is in the moment, what is real in that room. Um, so I, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I stopped playing solo guitar is because, you know, if I wanted to play eight songs, I, I would uh, have to play in eight different tunings. It was just so <laughs> impractical and... Um, and really at my heart, I'm an improviser. That's, that's what I love. And so I think this whole year has been about exploring spontaneous expressions of sound. And so, uh, so that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It makes me, I think a lot about how the idea of singing a song into the air and sort of letting it dissipate. Mm -hmm is obviously tied to the fact that sounds come and sounds go and the attraction to certainly recorded music you know is about capturing that moment uh but the more i think about music the more i become slightly less uh I, I don't know if captured is the right word, you know, because because you're not really capturing that moment. You're capturing sort of a representation of it. You're capturing maybe a a sliver of it. Right. But but there's the the ephemeral thing, the thing that goes away after the sound is is gone is is really perhaps the 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 root thing. And so yeah. when it comes to recordings, you know, this this record feels like there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom in not being beholden to the real live moment, but almost like you're 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 evoking the 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 bigger feeling by using this electronic manipulation and delay and and, and all of that stuff. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit just about how as an album you sort of sequenced this and thought about the the sweet like nature of it of kind of going in and out and 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 how these songs how did you know how to where to put the the songs <laughs> in order you know how did the order present itself there we go that's a question yeah well <laughs> um i want to touch on what you were saying before because i think it's so well expressed that um that, yeah there's a difference between um you know, ephemeral musical expressions and and a representation of that. And one thing that I really was important to me was to capture spontaneity within this also hyper arranged thing. So all of the yeah, all, yeah. so all of the loops that I began with 
were just studio improvisations and jams and and I didn't try to like chase those and learn how to play them and get the perfect recording of them. It was very spontaneous. Um, yeah. You know, jamming on my synthesizer, making a loop, layering it. There, so there was a lot of spontaneity that I wanted embedded in it, sort of the energetics of that spontaneity. I wanted to live inside the album. And also, you know, it's like also painstakingly um, constructed. Um, and the the sequence of things that was really the hardest part because this record is so much an articulation of my belief that music is a is alive. That's sort of mm-hmm. like that is that's really my life's work. Part of it is exploring music yeah. as this living entity with consciousness and. Um, yeah, it's its own it's its own thing. I was actually um, I got to interview Archie Shep again uh, a few days ago, and and we were talking a little bit about that. How um, these songs they yeah they have their own agency and their own consciousness, and um, and and so it was really hard to decide to make a set order because when I was performing live it would be very fluid very improvisatory um you know blending different samples from different songs I just sort of learned the language of my samples so that I could improvise with them and the songs can go in many different orders um and so just deciding to make a record was kind of a hurdle because it did in some way go against um you know, it felt like making a static artifact out of something that that was meant to evolve. Um, sure. And and so it. I mean, that part of it was like a Rubik's cube. It was very. It, you know, I definitely had to use my analytical mind um, and lots of trial and error to to find the you know what felt like the best way to make everything sort of touch and connect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I love the idea of almost having to negotiate with the songs themselves. Like, mm-hmm. all right, so where do they, where are you going to go? Where do you, where, you know, where uh, do you belong in the sequence for, for, the, for what we're trying to do here? Yeah. You know, uh, I was going to, I was definitely going to ask about Archie Shep. One of the, the, one of my favorite things that we've done is, uh, um, you interviewed Archie for Aquarium Drunkard and have since interviewed him again. And I was very struck by the um, the part of the conversation where you did focus in on music as a conversation with ancestorship, mm. you know, or, or with, with, with ancestors. And, and Archie was discussing his father's music and how that was a, a huge, just a part of who he was yeah. musically. Um, do you feel like as a musician, how do you, how do you, uh, oh, I think this is maybe a, a little bit of a, of a, of a weird, hopefully it's not too weird. Hey, uh, I, you're, I, look who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you feel like when it comes to ancestors, musical ancestors, do, do you feel like you get to sort of select them <laughs> or, 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 uh. Or, or at least that maybe part of the time that's the way it works is you can say, I think this person's one of my musical ancestors <laughs> and then sort of like enter into the, to your, your listener 
partnership with them with sort of that in mind or or do you find that uh yeah how how does that process work for you because you mentioned that you felt like this record was tied to the relationships you have with not just the earth not just the you know other consciousnesses consciousnesses <laughs> uh but but ancestors I, I wonder if you could tell me about them yeah um well i think yeah it's interesting i, ha- I hadn't thought about it in terms of musical ancestors um when i was speaking about ancestors earlier i was speaking about um ancestors in my own um like family lineage um mm, yeah but i but but i I do think that the concept of an- ancestors is a lot bigger than that. Like, I mean, the world is so deep and mysterious. Like, we just don't know. You know, there could be like a stone that's your ancestor, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we just don't know. We can't know. Um, so right. so when it comes to, to um, musical ancestors, I mean, there's definitely people who, who I take refuge in and who... I build relationships with and, and, um, you know, who helped me feel resourced and on course and, um, whose, yeah, whose music has had an impact on me. And, and I think whenever it comes to building these relationships, it is very important to, to think of it as a relationship, you know, not just, you know, me receiving something, but what, can I listen to and offer? What can I do in service to these relationships and and to carry on what these people were trying to communicate? Um, I think it's always important to ask, how can I be of service as well to these beings that I'm in relationship with? So it's yeah. a, it's a two way street. Yeah, yeah, it's more conversational yeah. than simply. The term, like the term influence is, is, is an interesting one because people will say like, who are your influences? And, and I, I certainly, of course, I understand where that comes from. Everybody starts off with just these, I like this and I like this and I like whoever. (laughs) And I, and I gotta, I have to sort of like learn to do sort of a version of what they do, but it's in the process of doing so that you become aware of yourself and aware of what your, you know, artistic vision is. Um, but you know, the, the conversation with Archie was so, uh, I listened to it obviously, you know, because, um, we presented it as a, as a transcript on the site, like an edited version, but I got to listen to it and I could hear the, the, um, I could hear in your voice, the, the, the respect and the interest you had in, in, in talking with Archie about music as a, like as a life practice as like not just so tell me about playing shows tell me about you know uh recording albums tell me tell me what what you did in the studio on this day you you seemed much more interested in in sort of unpacking the the like music is music is a life you know like uh by the time this episode airs my episode with wadada leo smith will will be out Mm. um and I just, I just wanted to ask him that all we talked about pretty much was just sort of uh, what it looks like to, to build a life with music mm. as the sort of the main thing. Um, and as you know, you've been, you've been putting out records and, and really digging in. Do you feel like at this point you, you have a pretty 
do you understand the sort of path musically that that you're that you're on it sounds like it's a lot about cultivating awareness about what is happening musically and um and i i I just i wonder if at this point how how many solo albums in four five i I Uh, think it might be six i don't yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a it's more than I ever thought I would make. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I just let, let's let, like a thought experiment. If we could go back, you know, five years and 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 play you five years ago this <laughs> album. What kind of what kind of take do you think you might have? I mean, do, do you think you'd be pretty? Do you think you'd be surprised, uh, or would you sort of be like, yeah, I feel like that's. That's what I hear in my head, or something like that. I think I would be really stoked and relieved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because again, I think this record is an expression of um, of my own life journey and where it's led me. And I'm, I've just, I've never been happier. <laughs> I've, I've never yeah. felt so well. And I, I think the music, hopefully, is an expression of that. And and I think five years ago, I would have had no concept that my life could feel so whole and good um yeah. and so i think it would have been like fuck yeah i don't know if i'm you can bleep that out if you need to but <laughs> nah, you, you you can you can say fuck it's allowed <laughs> yes <laughs> well that's awesome and i think that there's something yeah that's that's so beautiful to think about um and it's so beautiful that 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 energy comes through mm. on this record. That energy comes through in like a palpable way. Listening to it, you know, I I hear that sense of wholeness, I think, or I, I hear some something that indicates it, you know? And and it feels so yeah, it I, I love the idea of, of healing music and um and when I a couple a couple weeks ago we aired a, a an archival conversation with Joanna Brooke, the new age artist. And she talked with me about, about healing music and and how for her, she started making music to heal herself. Mm. And then when people would say, uh, she tells this incredible story about like walking down the street in San Francisco and like hearing music coming out of a house Mm. and like wandering over and like sort of standing at the door and listening in. And then the person is like, Hey, what's up you know, or whatever inside uh, and she was just like i just and she's just like i just this is this music just feels i feel i feel drawn to what you're what you're listening to and he was like oh yeah it's this uh she works over at like kpfa her name's joanna brooke and like and she was just like it was my music like, i was drawn i was once again and and i just thought like wow how how beautiful is that but i for me it articulated a thing that's really hard to put a finger on which is that uh, yeah like yeah this you can be surprised by what comes out of you oh, yeah. you know because we because we're vast we're vast people <laughs> and we're vast like ecosystems ourselves and so i love yeah yeah i love the idea of of like this is good. Who's this? <laughs> this, is, it, this is you. Oh, cool. I like that. You know. That was, yeah. And 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 I I'm I, I this record, uh, Earthbound makes me think about about that because it's a similar it's a similar energy to it. And um, and I love that this is where things have 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 led 
you or where you've the path that you've you've embarked on. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about it. Oh, yeah, it's been so good. I mean, it's yeah, it, it feels really nourishing to be able to document this and to share this. And um, yeah, I thank you, you so much for being so thoughtful and yeah, talking with me. That's going to do it this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And a huge thanks to Sarah Louise for joining me. You can find her album Earthbow out now. She put it out herself. And uh, it's streaming. The Some of the single versions are streaming. But you're going to want to head over to Bandcamp and hear the real thing. Or even better, uh, get, a, get a copy direct from Sarah. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. And I really appreciate her taking the time to discuss it with me here on Transmissions. I'm Jason Woodbury. I write, host, and produce the show. Our audio is edited by Andrew Horton. Sarah Goldstein and Jonathan Mark Walls help out creating visual assets. And this week's conversation with Sarah was transcribed for the site by Ella Fortney. Our executive producer and main man at Aquarium Drunkard is Justin Gage. Check out his weekly show on Sirius XMU, 7 p.m. California time. The Aquarium Drunkard Show. He established AD back in 2005, which means we're going on 16 years. 16 years of only the good shit. If you're so inclined, you can leave a rating and a review of this podcast wherever you listen to it. Helps folks find the podcast, but even better, you can just send your friends a link and suggest specific episodes that they might dig. I appreciate that. If you want to let me know what you think of the show, you can find my contact info over at Aquarium Drunkard. Drop me a line and let me know who you'd like to hear on the show or maybe what you'd like to hear less of. We'll be back next Wednesday with another conversation. I'm I'm really excited about next week's show. I'll be joined by director, artist, and musician Jim Jarmish to talk about well, a lot of stuff. I'm really excited for you all to hear my conversation with Jim. That'll be next Wednesday. Stay safe until then. Appreciate you dropping by. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Thanks for tuning in to Transmissions.
distant past, earthquakes of 